everybody. We're back at Red Rocks Race and Sportsbook. I'm Chucky. This is Jason for the Sports Betting Podcast Bookends. I'm not even sure where to start, Jay. There's so much stuff to dive into, but I guess for me, it's yay sportsbooks. Football's here. Preseason kicked off last week with the Hall of Fame game with the Raiders. This week, you have a full schedule of preseason. There's a couple of games tonight, and what's really intriguing to me is one of them involves the Baltimore Ravens. And the reason that's important is John Harbaugh plays preseason to win. Not a lot of other coaches do, but he's on a nine-game against the point spread record. He's 20-5 and five against the spread the last 25. He's 37-15 and 15 against the number in his career. This guy likes to win preseason games. Yeah, it's those trends they have to look for, especially in the preseason. Talked about the Raiders last week, obviously winning the Hall of Fame game. Getting to see guys like Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake on the field was kind of a surprise to right. see those top-tier running backs on the field. So obviously you can do a little bit of homework to find those things, but... It starts with knowing what coaches want to do and kind of their feeling on preseason games. You obviously talk about Harbaugh and the Ravens, that 20-game win streak going for their 21st straight-up win. Winning. Right. Yeah, just 20 games in a row, obviously going for their 21st win. But there's a couple other ones, um, as you look up, that have a consistency of wanting to win right. and wanting to lose. Mike Tomlin, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, 3-1 and one each of the last four seasons. So a 12-4 and four record for the Steelers over the last uh, four postseasons. Bill Belichick. Um, going back several years, uh, didn't really care much about the preseason. Had some 500 records but over the last three preseasons. Pre Patriots are nine and two, including a three and zero last year. Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski, another guy to look at. First year in Cleveland was three and zero last year in his only preseason, so he might be on that John Harbaugh train of trying to win all the preseason games. And on the flip side of things, right. let's talk about uh, Mike McCarthy in Dallas, who went zero and four last year. McCarthy coached a lot of years the Packers before that, but maybe that starts a trend for him. And Sean McVay and the Rams 0-3 last year, so maybe those teams don't care about winning. So something to play a little bit of close attention right. to. Right, and I think Frank Reich, too, of the Colts. I think he's 7-3-1. and We've seen in that game against the Bills, they opened up a three-and-a-half point underdog. They're now a point-and-a-half favorite. I think the big thing with preseason is that we're in an information era. There's so much information out there now about quarterbacks and their rotations. It used to be guesswork maybe 10 years ago. Now you're actually seeing that kind of stuff. You're hearing stuff from coaches saying, hey, like in the Rams case, we're not going to play Matt Stafford, but we're not going to play John Wolford either. So we're going to go to guys that haven't really played in the league. So I think it's really important to look at all that information, kind of read into it. There's no more key numbers in preseason. We'll go right past three in a hurry. Games move a lot faster. They fly past those numbers. As you can hear, these guys are having fun. The preseason games haven't even started yet. But that'll be the atmosphere in here on Saturday and Sundays, of course, uh, during football season. But really do your homework because that information is out there. Yeah, you talked about Pittsburgh Steelers. You talked about Tomlin. He's got a, a quarterback uh, kind of race going on there with uh, Pickett, Trubisky, and Rudolph. So all those guys wanting to get time. And then they want to give them time with the first teams and right. second teams. So the, the first teamers end up staying in a little bit longer because they want to see them with a the good quarterback. So potentially a team like Carolina that may want to see the first teamers with Mayfield or may want to see the first team teamers with Darno may play those first team players a little bit longer than normal. Excuse me. I think it's going to be interesting too is if there's a team that really struggles at the quarterback play in preseason, does that become kind of the front runner for Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, we've heard rumblings about a number of different teams, including possibly the Rams, uh, Seattle, 
Cleveland, depending on what happens with their starting quarterback. So uh, interesting to see what ultimately happens with Jimmy G. But again, guys, there's so much information out there for preseason. It's Yay Sportsbooks. It kicks off tonight, and there's such a correlation with being able to to watch a preseason game and bet on a game. And now almost all the preseason games are on, which is great for us. Yeah, not something that we're used to. We're used to uh, just checking scores. People and used to ask for the package. Where's getting, the preseason getting package? Getting one uh, one preseason game a weekend, and now we're going to get to watch a lot more. So uh, obviously we're going to we're going to skip over kind of talking a little bit about baseball as we'll catch baseball in a little bit later segment. But kind of other big news uh, today. Obviously home home <coughs> team. Um, our Vegas Golden Knights. Robin Leonard going to be out for the season. Uh, Golden Knights are left without their number one goaltender. Going to have Logan Thompson and uh, Brossois kind of right. seeing wh- which one of those guys will win the number one position. But this really kind of puts a uh, somewhat of a question mark on the Golden Knights season before it's even started here. And, again, goes back to we, we watched this team be so injury-prone all last year, and you know those injuries are going to happen and we're injured before the season even started. I'm not sure they weren't a question mark before this. I think we knew that Leonard was going to be out for an extended time, didn't know it was going to be the whole season. But really what it's affected now is their future book odds. This is the highest that I can remember since their inaugural season, before all the hype, before they started winning, the misfits, the whole story, and they were 200, 250 to 1. This is the highest right now that they've been since that first season, and it continues to go up right now, not knowing what kind of team you're going to get on the ice and a major question mark at goaltending. I think it also has affected other teams in the West as we've lowered the Kings, we've lowered the Oilers, we've lowered the Stars. A lot of teams that are in the West maybe would have been battling for that spot. You now see a little bit lower odds now because of the uncertainty with VGK. Yeah, and strangely enough, we opened up all of our NHL stuff uh, just yesterday, we opened up all the season points, the divisions, the conferences. We also did the same thing in the NBA. We've got over-under season wins, uh, divisions, conferences, with obviously a big question out there with what's going to happen with Kevin Durant right. and some of the other moves in basketball. So a lot of stuff just hit the menu uh, from an NHL and NBA standpoint. Um, so, again, exciting, and we'll see what the Knights do if they make a move or if they're going to live with those young goaltenders. I think they have to. I know we kind of talked about it this morning. The way the NHL is structured, if you put somebody on long-term IR, you can go out and fill that salary spot based on that money. I think it's about $5.5 million. So I think they have to right now. I'm not sure who, who's at the top of their list, if they're going to keep stay in-house or, or find someone. I think you have to find a veteran goaltender to kind of help that team. It's just a shame that all those moves have kind of been made already. Um, but they're not the only ones. We talked about we were kind of sad to see Max, Pacher, Max Pacioretty get traded. And now with his Achilles injury, he might miss the entire season as well. Yeah, I mean, again, the news is coming out, and it won't be the end of it. Obviously, injuries are part of the game, and uh, these teams will have to pick up the pace, and it's just next man up. Right. Uh, so we're still going to dive into a little bit more football. Um, the Bears, you know, both uh, Bears are close to both here in my heart, big Bear fans, and we know they're in a total rebuild. Uh, new coach, new GM. Probably the, the one bright spot on that team has been Roquan Smith. Uh, made the Pro Bowl. He's led the Bears in tackles since he became their first-round pick out of Georgia several years ago. Um, and he's at a contract impasse with the Bears right now. They offered to make him the highest-paid linebacker with a lot of the escalator clauses towards the end. He doesn't like it. He's representing himself. There seems to be a stalemate right now. I liked what the team was doing, but I think you have to retain this guy to move forward. He's young. He's the heart of that defense. He plays that position that Everplus loves, yet for whatever reason, the Bears can't seem to get a deal done with probably their best player on either side of the ball. Well, and you, you talked about that. He still he still has a contract. They expect, expect him to report. 
uh, whether he's going to be a holdout or, or you know what's going to end up happening there. Again, uh, you know we talk about we are. I am a Chicago Bear fan. I, I'll, I'll admit it. Um, but it, it just seems like this is the a Blackhawks. We have a, a rebuild going on there. Chicago Cubs. We have a rebuild going on there. And the Bears, um, obviously, you know, potentially bring up the basement in the Central Division. So it's just this this total rebuild. And do they not want to spend the money in in just the atmosphere of where they're at? But you have to try and go win games, and you've got a young quarterback and some young receivers and running backs. you got to play some solid defense and hope something that can happen. Well, but I thought going into the season the defense was going to be the key, and, and you're right. I mean, you've surrounded Justin Fields. We know they have Mooney. You went out and got St. Brown. You drafted Jones. You've got Pringle. But you haven't brought any of those big-name veteran guys, and I think if you lose – Excuse me, Roquan Smith on the defensive side. It really hurts them a lot, but they are they're projected right now to have the most cap money out of any team in the league next year. Uh, they easily could have a top three pick, so we'll see what happens. But total rebuild for a number of Chicago teams, which makes it a little rough. I know you talked about they probably would be last in the uh, NFC North. Well, the team that was last last year in the NFC North was the Detroit Lions. They happen to be featured on Hard Knocks this year. I love the show. I mean, I know it's for TV and it, but. You look at Hard Knocks, you look at Dan Campbell, which is, to me is a throwback. He reminds me of a, a young Mike Ditka in Chicago. He's a player's coach, but he's tough. Um, you know, you look at his coaches, they're all kind of that same build. And you look at that team with Goff at quarterback, young skill position players in Swift, St. Brown, Hawkinson, Chark, the number one pick, they're number two overall on defense, Hutchinson there. I think they've got a lot of talented players there. I thought they were the best, worst team in the league last year from a division perspective, if you can actually say that. But I think the Lions are going to be a much improved team this year. I think Hard Knocks gets you endeared to some of the players. You, you I'm get not to see, I'm bet on You them. get to see some of that behind-the-scenes <laughs> looks, right. um, you know, specifically the, the speech that Jamal Williams uh, you know, gave to the right. team and kind of the rah-rah uh, and, and the emotion that these guys have for the players they are and the teams that they play for. And I think Hard Knocks gives you that look, that deeper look at things, and, and you have a, a newfound respect for what's going on. And maybe end up following that team a little right. bit closer because you uh, you know you get enamored with the players. I think it's fun to watch the show, though, because you do get a little bit of an insightful or in-depth look uh, at a team like that. And the Lions, we know, have been plenty of losers for a long time, but I think they're heading in the right direction right now. Um, before we take a break, though, real quick, two other sports. Let me look at um, golf and tennis a little bit. Tennis, uh, Serena announced she's going to be retiring. Uh, her last major will be the U.S. Open. I think it's going to be similar to what we've seen with Tiger of late, that you're going to have more tickets and more liability on Serena in the U.S. Open just because of the price you're going to see. Uh, I, you know, I'm not worried about prices on Serena Williams. This is uh, an iconic athlete, uh, uh, maybe the best ever right. play the game. I'll say she's the best ever play the game uh, of tennis and what she did for um, the sport of tennis and, and women's sports in general. Um, I think she had 39 uh, career Grand Slam victories right. between singles, doubles, and uh, mixed doubles, uh, four Olympic gold medals uh, between what her and, and um, uh, Venus were able to do just from a sports standpoint, not only on the tennis court, but off the right. court. And, uh, you know, whether it was fashion or acting. And, I mean, heck, the last several years when she would take the court you know what? What she was wearing, her outfit so kind of transcended, the, women's tr- game, transcended right. the game, and so you know you get to play and 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 be a fan of sports like we are. 
in in an era of sports where you get to see right. certain players and you know you hear about older guys the Babe Roots and that type of stuff that we never got to, to watch play and just wanted the next generation to understand tennis and what Serena Williams brought to tennis. Uh, you know, just uh, cheers to her and we wish her the best. Right. Anyone who touch on golf a little bit as well? Yeah, just again, the, the Live Golf Tour and the PGA Tour um, as we kind of get into the, the fall months here and, and the majors, but two big players that are really making news uh, this past week. Obviously, Bubba Watson um, has... Uh, you know, suspended himself from the PGA Tour. He hasn't yet played in a live golf tour event because he's been injured, but he's going to shuffle over there, so right. that'll knock him out. And obviously the big news this week is Cameron Smith, rumored to have signed a $100 million contract to move over uh, to play in live golf. He's still playing in the PGA Tour. He has said that he's, you know, focused on the FedEx Cup. Um, so potentially it's he's going to finish out the FedEx Cup season here and then move over to live tour. But his signing, and if he moves, is a is a real big deal to the PGA Tour. This is a guy that's ranked number two in the world. Right. Um, he won the Open. Um, he won the um, uh, PGA. I mean, he, he's won some big, big tournaments. And so to lose a player like this just makes the rankings and gives some, some real juice to that Tour. Do you think it opens tour. up the floodgates even more? I think it opens up the fact that... Dustin Johnson was the, the, the top-ranked guy in the Live Tour at 18th right. in the world, and now you move the guy that's the number two-ranked player in the world. Um, it's just going to make it that much easier for other guys to say they're right. willing to go. I agree with you. Guys, we have a lot to dive into. I'm sorry I'm losing my voice a little bit, <laughs> but we're going to play a little uh, Q&A when we come back and dive into some of the, the questions that we think are kind of important and maybe intriguing a little bit as we head into football season. We'll be right back for our next segment of Bookends. Hey there, my name's Stephen Money, and here's why you should bet on me, the STN Sports app. These are my best buds here at Station Casinos, like my friend Jimmy here, and he'll help you get on me. Wait, that sounded weird. Cut. It only takes a few minutes to sign up. Just park at any of our 14 convenient sign-up locations, walk in, and you'll be signed up in minutes. And don't worry, I got all your favorite sports covered, and a lot of betting options. So what are you waiting for? Download the STN Sports app today, and trust the local favorite. Hey, we're back with our second segment of Bookends here. We're going to kick it off with some fun questions uh, as we dive into football season, Chucky. So I'm going to lead it off All with right. the first question. Which of the new quarterbacks will make the biggest impact on their new team? When we look at quarterbacks like Mayfield, Wentz, uh, Wilson, Watson, or is there another quarterback that maybe jumps out to you to make the biggest impact on their new team? I think it's an intriguing list, but for me it's an overwhelming choice. It's Russell Wilson. You look at that Denver team who lost more one-score games than any team in the league over the last three years. They've got a really talented defense, two good running backs in Williams and Gordon, great skill position, young wideouts in Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. I think the impact Russell Wilson will have on that team will be dramatic. However, he happens to move to the most or, or the toughest division in all of football. So right now, if you're raking the quarterbacks just on paper and going into the season, he's in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr. So he's in a very tough division. There's going to be a lot of scoring there, but for me, it's Russell Wilson. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't disagree with you on that. He's going to the team that has probably the high expect, expectations right. when you look at these other guys, whether it's Mayfield, Wentz, Watson. Um, the Broncos are expected to win, and he's supposed to lead them to that win. So I think that he's potentially the biggest impact. I, I'm going to go on the other side of things and answer this with a Deshaun Watson because his impact could be really big or really yeah. small. He could actually have no impact on his team. Right. Um, he's going to have a six-game suspension. Uh, NFL is pushing for that to be a full year. Obviously, if he has a full year sus suspension, that impact is going to be huge. And 
Outside of that, the other not guy that I think is going to have a big impact, um, not mentioned here, but is Matt Ryan, uh, right. a new quarterback with Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, they just missed out, missed out on the playoffs. Um, Carson Wentz lost a lot of those games by himself last year on the Colts. If Matt Ryan can come in with some ball control, um, some, some good passing, and they've got skill players. Obviously, they've got Jonathan Taylor in the running game. I think Matt Ryan could be a big deal to the Colts, and obviously a team that's expected to battle the Titans for that division title. Young receiver Michael Pittman, too, yep. I think, is emerging. You know, I agree with all that. The one that's a little bit curious to me, though, is what impact Baker Mayfield will have. Everything you've heard right now, he's kind of already won that job, even though um, Rule is saying it's open right now between Darnold and um, Baker Mayfield. But I think Baker Mayfield with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey can have a good year there and make that team a lot better. I just want to see some more Baker Mayfield commercials. I love what he's done in the well, commercials. Well, he, he won't be in the dog pound anymore <laughs> when he makes those, but we'll see. see. What, but if he can get the starting job, if they can get him some commercials in Carolina. All right. Um, what team has the most to prove heading into this season? I'm going to go within the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens. I think a team that had such high expectations last year. Um, defensively, they were just horrible. We've talked about John Harbaugh and like how he likes to win early. They had a number of injuries at running back with J.K. Dobbins, um, Gus Edwards. They just weren't your same Baltimore Ravens team. I think to me it's the Ravens. Lamar Jackson wants a new big contract. He's only won one playoff game in his career. To me it's the Ravens, and I think for the value that they can win the AFC North. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to tee up a team that I want to answer Dallas Cowboys um, because I think that Mike McCarthy um, and the success whether with Dak and Ezekiel, they have to play well. Otherwise I think, and I think that's why the pressure's on them right. because if they don't play well, McCarthy um, could be out, could be out. There's quick. a certain guy looming in the booth. Yep. So we'll see what happens but, with Sean Payton and Dallas if they get off to a bad start. I, I really want to answer the San Francisco 49ers. Right. And it's not – I don't know that the team pressure is there. Shanahan's not going to get fired. Lynch is not going to get fired. But the San Francisco 49ers beat Dallas in the wild card game. They beat the Packers on the road in the divisional game. And then went and lost 20-13 to 13 in the conference championship game to the end, end, end of Super Bowl champion Rams. And they're making a change at quarterback, going to Trey Lance from Jimmy Garoppolo, and going to a, essentially a, a, a first-year quarterback. He played, what, a hand three games? And putting him with a, a good defense, a solid offense. They re-signed Debo Samuel. But to put all of this on this kid, Lynch and Shanahan must have a lot of faith in Trey Lance. So I think there's a lot. Maybe it's not um, the team with the most to prove, but, boy, the player with the most to prove to me is Trey Lance. I think the Niners knew that. Um, they knew when they drafted him he was going to be their starting quarterback after the first year. But you have to remember, he didn't play in his last year at college either. He opted out, so he really hasn't had significant starts now in two years. But I think you look at the skill position players with Kittle, Kittle Debo Samuel, um, Ayuk, that defense that they have, Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson. I think you're putting him into a spot to succeed. He's a running quarterback. I think he'll have some success there. I also think the Niners can upend the Rams and win the AFC West. All right, we'll move on to the next one. Um, more of a fantasy question here. Um, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase are the top three wide receivers from a fantasy projection standpoint. Who has the best year in terms of receptions and TDs? Choose one. It's easy for me, and I think it's easy for you. We've had this conversation too many times. He happens so. to have the same initials, JJ. It's Justin Jefferson. Um, I think he has a monster year. You look at what Kevin O'Donnell did for, for Stafford and Cup, I think he does the same thing for Kirk Cousins 
and for Justin Jefferson. If you're a fantasy guy out there, you got to draft Justin Jefferson. I think he has a monster year. All the reports are he's dominating in camp. Cornerbacks can't cover him. They're going to line him up all over the field. I think it's clearly Justin Jefferson that is a monster season this year. Chucky's office is right next to mine, and unfortunately we, we talk all the time. So we're on the same page here with Justin Jefferson. Let me give you just stats last year. Cooper Cup, 145 receptions, 1,947 yards, and 16 TDs. Jefferson had 108 for 16, 16, and 10 TDs. Chase was only 81 receptions, uh, 1455 with 13 TDs. And I threw in, just because of the Raiders, um, Devonta Adams had 123 receptions for 1,553 yards and 11 touchdowns. So Jefferson at the 16, 16, and 108 behind um, Cup and Adams. We talked about Kevin O'Connell, who was the Rams offensive coordinator that kind of really turned things around for Cup, now brings that offense to the Vikings. So you get you brace Mike Zimmer, you now bring O'Connell in. Cooper Cup and, and Matthew Stafford, O'Connell's now going to make that Jefferson and Kirk Cousins. So it won't surprise me at all if we watch Jefferson put up Cooper Cup-type numbers, and he has said that he's in going after that first 2,000-yard season. Um, I expect Jefferson to catch somewhere around 150 balls, over 2,000 yards receiving. And for Look for those, that prop on the app. For those soon. of you guys doing your fantasy drafts, outside of Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> to me... Justin Jefferson should be the number two pick. And I think when you look at the Vikings, Kirk Cousins have, has to take that next step. But you've got Delvin Cook, Alvin Thielen, K.J. Osborne, Irv Smith. You've got a talented bunch of skill position players around him. You want to know something else? Kevin O'Connell was the quarterback's coach in Washington with Kirk Cousins his last year there. So it's not like he's stepping into a guy that doesn't know because maybe the only thing that could keep Justin Jefferson from a 2,000-yard season would be Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is going to be fine this year. Another guy, so is he a should, sleeper pick you, for another fantasy? guy you should vault up your draft board. So you heard it now. Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, fantasy football game. All right. A few of the top backfields heading into this season are the Browns, Colts, Vikings, Packers. If you had your pick, which running back core do you want on your offense? I think the Browns and Packers, for me, are the two best of that group. I'm going to go with the Packers, though, and Aaron Jones and Dylan. I think the skill set that both the, those two guys bring, to me, is the best in the league. Man, I want to go Browns. I want to I go Chubb, uh, Chubb and Chubb Hunt. Chubb and Hunt, right. Um, but I'm going to go off the page. It's not listed here, and I'm going to take the Broncos running backs and Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Uh, we saw Melvin Gordon had uh, big seasons, but I think these two guys combined for 1,800 yards last year, and I think if we took these combos, you'd find that they're somewhere around 1,600, 1,700. And with Russell Wilson being there, obviously they're going to want to pass more, but you know what? That secondary is going to be loosened up, and I think Williams and Gordon are the top combo right now. I love what you said because – we're going to pitch to John that one of our new segments on bookends is called Off the Page. So we're going to come up with something new every week that's going to be kind of off the page, off the grid that we like. But Yeah, it's hard to argue, though, Brown, with, right. uh, with the Browns. Agreed. Obviously, yeah. Hunt, about a little bit upset requesting the right. trade there. Uh, but Chubb and Hunt have been dynamic. They're going to need them to be even more dynamic if Watson doesn't play. But they actually have a three-headed monster. They've got with DeForest Johnson as well. <laughs> they had a lot of success when those guys were injured last year. Yeah, and that's the thing. If those guys are both healthy at the same time, yeah. obviously Hunt missing a couple games, Chubb missing a couple if they're both healthy at the same time, they're, they're a dangerous weapon. And I think, too, with, with Devontae Adams gone, I think that kind of opens up that Green Bay running game a little bit more where Aaron Jones is really used out of the backfield as a pass catcher a lot. I think you're going to see both of them. I think you're going to see Dylan and Jones catching balls. And, again, they've got a great combination of 
kind of speed and quickness right. and, and pure power um, with Dylan. So, again, you probably can't go wrong with any of these right. backfields, and I think that there's a lot of offensive coordinators around the league that would like to have any of these right. guys paired up. And then it's the 49ers who doesn't care. <laughs> doesn't matter who they insert, has a big game. Who is the rookie most likely to have an immediate impact on their team this year? I'm going to go, I'm gonna go um, offense, and you're going to go defense. For offense, I'm going to go Chris Olave, wide receiver the Saints. We've seen the success the last couple of years, like Justin Jefferson made, Jamar Chase made. And you look at Chris Olave, he, he, he's playing out with Michael Thomas back. Uh, looks like Jameis Winston's going to be back. This is a Saints offense that was ranked dead last last year in passing after the injuries. I think that as long as Winston's healthy, Chris Olave has the biggest impact and has a chance to be offensive rookie of the year, kind of following what we've seen, the success of Jefferson and Chase. Yeah, obviously the Saints going from the end of the year where we saw Simeon quarterback, Book quarterback, Hill quarterback. If Winston is healthy right. and they get Thomas back, Olave has a chance to have a big season You know, they there. signed Jarvis Landry in the offseason too. So now you've got kind of a veteran presence there. And if you get Michael Thomas back the way that he was, it's going to open up a lot because both Landry and Thomas are both underneath guys. Chris Olave is going to be that deep threat. We know that Winston has the big arm. I think Olave has an opportunity to put some huge numbers on the board. And last year, Marcus Callaway, they had a young receiver too that was very dynamic there. They've got four really good wideouts right now. Yeah, we, and we've seen the, the rookie, rookie wide receivers really able to have some big seasons. I'm also looking at uh, Drake London right. for the uh, Jets and um, uh, Garrett Wilson for the or for the Falcons. For the Falcons uh, Garrett right. Wilkins for the Jets uh, potentially have big seasons. But I think in go- London's case, really quick, don't forget, you know, no Julio Jones, no Russell Gage, no Calvin Ridley. Really all you have is Kyle Pitts there, so he's going to be in a favorable spot because who else are, is Mariota going to throw to? Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it from the other side, and obviously we talked about Walker going number one to Wait, the is Jaguars. This, is this off the page? I'm going I'm going. Well, well, I think when you talk about thinking about a rookie that's right. going to have immediate impact, I think your brain immediately goes to offense right. and who's who's going to have that impact. And with Walker being the number one pick, and obviously Jacksonville really needed some help on defense, and Hutchinson being number two to Detroit, and going what, are, what he's going to do to help that defensive line and that pressure that Detroit needs to get on the quarterback. Um, I really think the most impactful rookie is going to be on the defensive side of the football. And I got, I'm going to go all the way down to the 14th pick of the NFL draft to Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, who went to the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Right. Baltimore Ravens were dead last um, in... in uh, Both these teams were dead last in their... Yeah, and, and receiving right. yards allowed or passing yards allowed, allowing over 4,700 passing yards. We saw Cincinnati torch right. them twice. Um, and I think that Kyle Ham- Hamilton is going to put some... Uh, you know, solidify that secondary right. for the Ravens, and obviously um, the Ravens have a lot of stuff to improve on. This is a team that's got playoff aspirations. I think he's going to make an immediate impact, both with the way he hits, the way that he covers the run games, and I think that we'll, you'll see him up there um, with a lot of interceptions. He's the type of kid that's really a ball hawk. Yeah. I think what's really unique is there's a lot of these talented kids, and, and you touched on a bunch of these guys, but the two guys that we selected were both out of the top 10. Number 11 and number 14 to be rookies of the year, respectively, on offense yeah, and it's tough. You know, obviously there was a it was a draft that had a lot of offensive tackles right, yep. and offense. And those guys are from, it was a really tough to, to judge those type of players. Obviously, the wide receivers, the running backs, the quarterbacks. Uh, but I really think that the, uh, Hamilton and I think you're right. I think Olave uh, potentially has a really big right. season there. It's going to be fun. We're still going to dive into the coming weeks more and more from the fantasy side of it. Uh, but it really is kind of fun to start talking more about football. This is the first full week of preseason, guys. So you have all these games, as we kind of touched on, that are going to be on TV. And again, NFL Network's got like a double, quadruple header on Saturday. So a lot of good football on. And not only football. I mean, we're going to jump into the, the good, the bad, the ugly. I know you're going to listen for the whistle. Um, we haven't really talked about baseball. And 
as we talk about baseball and we put in the good, the bad, the ugly, it's really been um, kind of streaky right. since we've come out of the All-Star break and the trade deadline. Um, and this is normally a period of time where we see that separation. Teams come out of All-Star break, the trade deadline finally happens, and we start to te- see the winning teams and those that have playoff ap- aspirations play really well, right. and the teams that dump their guys and aren't at the top of the standings start to play really bad. And if you're not betting baseball right now as we sit here in August, you're making a mistake because this is the time of year when we have our lowest hold percentage. Keep making a mistake. <laughs> Don't bet it. Keep making a mistake. Well, just come, and, come and bet and just continue playing all the way through football season. But, no, this is what we're here for. Right. We're here to take the handle, give you the opportunity to win games, and really this is the time of year where baseball is probably the easiest to pick winners. And we'll start off with the good. I know you want to call it the good. I want to call it the ugly. ugly. But the good is the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, unbelievable record uh, since the All-Star break. Not only that, over their last 10 games, they're 10 and 0 against the run line. On top of that, and 8 and 2 by covering a two and a half run line. So the betters, you guys, have done extremely well with the Dodgers right now. That's why when I led this off and I said, "Yay, sportsbooks, football is here." It's something else to fade the way the Dodgers are playing right now. But you're right. For us, it, for the betters, it's really good. But for us, they've been really ugly. Yeah, 17 and 3 since the All Star right. break. Um, over their last 41 games, they're 36 and 5. And as you talked about, they won 10 straight on the run line. Um, not, we're not doing well on the Dodgers. It seems like right. every night, uh, the last game of the night, it's a, it's a big loss. Um, and well, th- that compounds it, though, because from our side of the counter, guys, everything that's live in any sport is going to that last game of the night. And usually every night, especially if the Dodgers are home, it's a West Coast game, it is the Dodgers. So everything live goes into that game. And when they're able to, to win on the run line, it even kind of compounds things that much more. And, and leading it off, if you talk about the East Coast teams, so if the Dodgers are killing us uh, in the night game, it's the Mets right. um, that have also been the, the other really good team. 15-4 and four since the All-Star break. They've won six straight contests. They get Scherzer back. DeGrom back, right. the lineup, McNeil's been hitting, Lindor's been fantastic. They're playing really well. Uh, they get Vogel back from the Pirates, Naquin, they've just been hitting the ball. Right. So the Mets and the Dodgers are uh, tag-teaming us from a coast-to-coast standpoint right. and picking winners, which has been uh, ugly from the book standpoint. Right. Um, also other teams that have been on the good side, the bad side for us, uh, the Baltimore Orioles, 13-6, uh, kind of a really surprise surprising, team right. uh, on the good side of things. Um, but we'll jump into the bad. Bad. I think when you look at the bad, it's it's the Yankees and Padres. They both made kind of moves at the trade deadline, especially the Padres making the big move for Juan Soto. Excuse me. I think they're they're two and five since they acquired Soto. They got swept by the Dodgers. We know they're going to be getting Tatis back at some point. And the Yankees have just been horrific over their last ten games. I think going two and eight. They were the New York team we were talking about at the All-Star break that was the best team in baseball in the American League. That's not the case as we speak right now. But for me, the bad is uh, the Yankees and the Padres, just the way they've played since the trade deadline. Yeah, you talk about the Yankees 2-8 and eight in their last 10, 7-13 and 13 since the All-Star break. Padres make the big move for Soto. They also get some other secondary they pieces. Do, right. And Drury coming over, a big piece in Hayter uh, coming there to be the new closer. He blows the first save, that chance that he has. Um, we'll see what the Padres can do. They're going to have to find a way to beat this Dodger right. team if they want to do things in the National League. Um, what about the ugly? Well, I'm going to let you touch on the ugly <laughs> because there is a number of baseball teams right now that is the ugly. Yeah, and uh, I, I won't 
group it. Uh, as I saw here, sat here today, the Detroit Tigers lost another game, so they're now six and fifteen since the All Star break. But I've got a I've got a long list of ugly, and so Boston six and thirteen since the break, the Giants six and fourteen since the break, the Nationals six and thirteen since the break. The uh, Marlins now seven and thirteen with their win over the Phillies today, and Detroit six and fifteen. And the Nationals, obviously, right. who gave away Soto, um, not only are they six and thirteen since the break, but twelve of those thirteen losses have been on the run line. Right. And so we talk about the teams that are at the top that are winning, and we talk about the teams in this ugly category that are losing on a nightly basis. Um, if you're able to combine those teams that are winning with those teams that are losing, or if they happen to be going head-to-head, -head, you're really making for some great parlay tickets. So the books have been sweating, and I, I don't see this going away on a nightly basis. I mean, I think baseball... Uh, over this next several weeks, I think you're going to see these good teams continue to win. I think you're going to see the bad teams continue to lose. And you have a chance to really uh, be putting some money in your pocket to prepare yourself and get that bankroll ready for football season. You know what's amazing, though, with, with baseball right now is that we are in the middle of the pennant stretch with all these teams. Yet with preseason football happening, many nights when you've got all these preseason football games, the handle on those games are much greater than the handle on some of these big-time baseball games. You don't even know who's playing in those football games, but that's what's fun, guys. And with all this, this is the time. Sign up now for STN Sports. We still have up to that $500 bonus going on, and we've got two of our signature contests, Last Man Standing as well. Yeah, Last Man Standing back, uh, $100,000 guaranteed in college, $150,000 guaranteed in pro, um, only $25 to sign up, buy four, get a fifth entry free. We've flooded the STN Sports menu with um, football. You're going to see props over the next several days uh, and a bunch of divisions, um, uh, spots where teams can get knocked out. So will they or will they make the playoffs? Right. Will they lose in the wild card? Will they lose in the division? Will Love they lose in the stuff, championship? Right. Or will they lose in the Super Bowl? Um, just a, a, a ton of stuff being added to the menu. So make sure to click through all those different openings, uh, not only in pro football, but look at the college football menu. And as I said, for you NHL and NBA fans, we've added a ton of stuff from a season-long standpoint that you've got a chance to look at. But definitely get signed up for those contests, too. 100000 guaranteed in, in college, 150000 guaranteed in the pros. So come on in, have some fun with all this stuff. I promise you I'll have my voice back next week. Uh, we won't only feature the good, the bad, and the ugly, but the off-the-page segment as well. So we're excited. Yeah, and if you want, put some add a question in there on, on the Twitter feed if you've got a question that you want us to answer, especially as we go into uh, fantasy football. We'll give you our opinions on uh, maybe a player or two that you should draft or a sleeper or something like that. So don't be afraid to ask us some questions. All right. It was great, guys. Good to be back with you. We'll see you guys next week on the Sports Betting Contest con uh, co podcast, I should say, bookends. Thanks, guys.